I don't have a walk-in intro for you today, but yesterday we did the MEAC, and today we preview the SWAC because we have HBCU action on Saturday. Oh, yeah, it's Locked on HBCU. Play my music. You are Locked on HBCU, your daily podcast covering HBCU sports. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's going on, family? Welcome back to another episode of the Locked On HBCU Podcast, your number one. Daily one-stop shop for everything HBCU athletics Monday through Friday, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And I, of course, am Darian Gray, a.k.a. the Mouth of the South, Texas Southern alum and former TSU Herald Sports Editor and current contributing writer at USA Today's Saints Wire. Thank you for going on this journey with me, making Locked On HBCU your first listen of the day every day. And remember, just because the mic cuts off, does not mean that the journey is over. It just means it's time to follow me on Twitter at South Exclusives. Starts with an S, ends with an S. Today's episode is all about the swag, the same way that yesterday was all about the MEAC. Welcome to our 2023 swag preview show. We will kick it off with who are the most interesting teams in the conference, and then we will follow it up with the five most pressing questions that I want to see the answer to throughout this season. It could be week one, could be week 12, could be the end of the season, could be the celebration bowl, honestly. But we're following the same blueprint that we set yesterday. So without further ado, who are the three most interesting teams in the SWAC? The state of Mississippi. Simple and plain. Jackson State, Alcorn. Mississippi Valley State. And this wasn't on purpose. I wasn't trying to find a cool way to roll them out. There's a bunch of teams in the swag. I could have picked anybody, right? There's a lot of teams in the swag. But what happened was I started listing out the most interesting teams. And I got to those three. Then the next team that I came up with was Grambling. But I couldn't find my fifth team. And something about Grambling didn't feel right. I even put them at five because I felt like there was somebody I was missing. But then it hit me. I was only supposed to do three anyway. And these were the three concrete teams that I had. Let's go through them one by one ever so briefly. Jackson State. If you're going to tell me that you're not interested in what Jackson State looks like in 2023, I'm going to say either A, you are not a fan of the game of football, or B, you're lying. Simple and plain. This is the most interesting team in HBCU football this year because nobody really knows what they're going to be. Many people have speculation. There's high upside for many of the fans. They have a lot of great transfers coming in, but you lost so much from last season. It's a question mark on what they're going to be. Some people are going to be interested because they want to see them succeed. That's, that's the fan base. Some people are going to be interested to see what they are because they want to see them fail. That's the detractors and the haters. And there's a lot of people in the middle who are just sitting here and saying, you've lost so much talent, you've overhauled so much talent, and you have a new coach. I want to see what Jackson State's going to be. Please do not get in my comments saying we know what they're going to be. Rep your, rep your uh, almost said your city, rep your school. But I'm interested to see what they're going to be. And I think a lot of people 
are as well. Next, you have Alcorn. Alcorn is in a situation where, and we'll speak about this in the most pressing questions and things I want to see. Alcorn is in a situation where I think Alcorn should be really good this year. Honestly, I, I think they, they were last year, but I think they'll be even better this year. They have a team that I really like a lot, so much so that they are one of two teams, them and Texas Southern, who are going to get two pieces of commentary within my most my most pressing questions. I really am a fan of, of Alcorn, and I'm trying to tiptoe around it so I don't give up too much, so I'm not too revealing with it. So we'll move on to Mississippi Valley State. We're moving into a new era. This is a new era for Mississippi Valley State. They have a new athletic director. Well, this is actually going into year two for him, but he came in and he's going to be, I think he just passed his year anniversary just a couple of months ago. You have a new football coach. Everything feels new. Valley in motion. Shout out Aaron Webb for coming on the show. Like there are so many things around Mississippi Valley State that just feel different. I want to know if things are different. So those are my three most interesting teams. One, come on that, like that. Come on now. Let's not even try to debate number one. Jackson State is interesting because we all want to see what's going to happen. Now for my first question, is this the year that FAMU gets over the hump? Now we can start very close. We can zoom in and look at the fact that over the last two seasons, Jackson State is the only team that has been able to knock off Florida A&M within the SWAC. That is seemingly the one impediment to getting to the Celebration Bowl for the Rattlers. Now, Jackson State is appears to be weakened, right? You, you, you would assume that Shador Sanders is going to be better than whoever the other, whoever of the three is picked up. Right? You might think that Sevian Wilkerson is going to be better. You think that that, you know, they had a lot of talent. And you would think it's going to, at the worst, take a little bit of time to get into a groove. You get on week two. You got to handle business. But even if they do get into a groove, or, or even if they never get into a groove, you're looking like this is my opportunity. We'll see if that's the truth or not. As a preview show, I'm trying to hedge some things. I'm not trying to get too deep into opinions. But you would want to know if this is the year. When you zoom out and you look at not just these past two seasons, but there's always been something in the way of FAMU getting into the Celebration Bowl for what feels like five years, maybe four seasons, five years, because of that pandemic year. This has this has to be the year. This feels like the year. Otherwise, they're just going to be considered a close but no cigar team. This feels like it has to be the season for me. Look, I, I like their quarterback. I think they have a lot of potential in the wide receiver room. I don't know how high that ceiling is. I think it is very high, but I think that that floor is extremely high as well. I think with Shereed and Riley, you're going to have a very competent receiving duo. And then I think the dark cloud defense is going to be a dark cloud. Like, I think that this team is set up to succeed. Everything is in front of them. I might have said this before, and if I haven't, I'll say it now. This is now or never. There's no more seasons of going in there and saying, well, FAMU feels like they're there. I think that we don't speak about FAMU as if they were just a step away because they lost to Jackson State, and Jackson State was phenomenal. So we don't speak about them that way. But if this year they don't get it done, and they're just one step away, we might have a different conversation about the Rattlers 
going into 2024. But this has been this is just the this has just been the beginning of the five most pressing questions that I have within the swag. I probably could have went above. I actually ended up listing out six and I just kind of compiled one of them into another. And actually, no, that that we'll see that at the end of the show. But going forward, we'll be discussing the SWAC West log jam. There was one at the end of last year, and I'm projecting there to be one this upcoming year as well. And we look into what that means as we continue with Locked On HBCU. Today's episode is brought to you by Better Help and Listen. Life ain't always peaches and cream. That just not that's just not how things go all day every day. Everybody has certain battles that they're trying to get past, certain obstacles that they're trying to get over. And I think sometimes some of the worst stigmas around mental health and therapy is that you need to go through something traumatic to either treat it or go to therapy. Well, I'm here to tell you and recommend better help because that's just not the case. Sometimes we just need help navigating through life, getting through certain situations. Sometimes we just need to talk certain things out. There are so many benefits to therapy. Don't allow some of these other stigmas to go, you know, and if you benefited from therapy, you know what it's like. So I'm suggesting if you're ready to get into therapy, better help. Give better help a try. It's entirely online. So it's convenient to you. If you don't like the therapist that you get, no charge to you. You can switch therapists. Get the person that fits you. It's very simple. So let therapy be your map with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash LockedOnCollege today to get 10% off your first month. That is BetterHelp, H-E-L-P.com slash LockedOnCollege. As we continue rolling on today's episode of Locked on HBCU, I appreciate you for making this your first listen of the day every day. Tomorrow's episode, we're going to go into a team preview for North Carolina Central, and I have Joshua Sims Sr., better known as HBCU Nightly, coming on the show to break down his alma mater and the defending HBCU national champions i'm excited for this one but right now we're previewing the southwestern athletic conference and we're continuing with our five most pressing questions that we need to be answered and this one is a question kind of a projection all wrapped up in one but how big will the swack west log jam be at the end of this year i'm speaking on the west but i want you to take a look at the east now, you probably remember what it looked like if you don't go to the standings. It was Jackson State, FAMU, and everybody else. Jackson State undefeated in conference. FAMU won loss in the conference to Jackson State. Everybody else, four and four and below. That's a very clear-cut picture of the power structure. Excuse me. With the power structure inside of the SWAC East. When you look at the SWAC West, especially over the last two years, it's, it's been two completely different stories. In the SWAC West last year, you had three, four teams going into the last week of play saying, okay, I could make it. Right before the, before the, the, uh, before the Bayou Classic, Texas Southern was fighting for it. Alcorn fighting for it. Prairie View fighting for it. Southern fighting for it. Southern ended up getting it. But this is a battle that was tightly contested. 
2021, not so much. I expect us to see a season more like 2022. I don't know if it's going to be four teams. I don't know if it's going to be five. Like, when you look at the SWAC West, everybody's looking at Southern, Alcorn, but I think many people are also looking at Prairie View. People are looking at Grambling. And I know people are looking at Texas Southern as kind of that third team. I don't know if they put them. It kind of feels like TSU was looked at as kind of in their own tier, but not in the way that most people say it. It's not like I'm in a class of my own and nobody else is above me or nobody is with me. I don't have peers or people I'm looking up to. TSU is kind of in that, that class where it's all corner Southern. Next class, TSU. Next class, the rest of the conference. I don't think that that should be the case. I do not think that that I do not think that should be the case. I do not think that that should be the case. That's what I was trying to say, but that was a weird tongue twister. But overall, I think that TSU belongs in the class with Southern and Alcorn. Matter of fact, I think that those are the three teams that you should look out for. I don't know how big that this log jam is going to be. I don't know if Prairie View is going to be involved in it. I don't know if Grambling is going to get their stuff together and they'll be involved in it. I'm not sure. But one thing I do feel pretty good about is that it's going to be Southern, Alcorn, and Texas Southern. That is my big three headed into the SWAC West this year. And, and I'll tell you what. I know everybody's predicting Southern to win. Very talented team. I put them in my top three. They're not one of the two teams I think is going to win. My heart says Texas Southern. And I be debating with myself, is my heart being a homer right now? I don't think so. I don't think so. The vibes in Houston, Texas just feel different. And I'll have a lot more to say about that after week one. If they can't knock off Prairie View, I'm not going to hop on the hype train. I still believe in them. I don't think it's over. But I think that that's a big mental hurdle for them to be able to finally beat Prairie View. But everything in my mind, the things I can touch, right? Like this microphone, I can touch this microphone, right? I know that this microphone is here. I can feel it. I can explain it to you. You can see it. It's not a question of just feeling. Everything that I can substantiate tells me to go with Alcorn. Everything that I, everything, my mind tells me Alcorn is that team. I love Jarvie and Howard. I really do. I think that defensive line is going to be a wreck everybody it tells me that Alcorn is going to win it my gut says it the big three is Southern Alcorn Texas Southern but my mind says Alcorn my heart says Texas Southern this is going to be a fantastic race and I think at the end of the year you'll see all three of those teams entering maybe either the last or the second to last week with a chance to win the SWAC West now this is Somewhat of an extension, but I wanted to have this part stand alone. Who is going to lead Alabama State's offense? And I mean this from the quarterback position. The time is here. Honest and truly, we speak on Florida A&M, but I feel like Alabama A&M should be having this rising star treatment too. Alabama State should be the team that we're saying, you know what? They could surprise Florida A&M, but I don't hear that. And the reason you don't hear it is because of the quarterback position. It's because of the offense in general, right? I know everybody feels a way about D. Davis. I seen some of the, the tape. I did. I seen some of the tape from this past scrimmage. 
I heard about how the offense operates with D. Davis versus Damon Stewart. I'll tell you what, I think Damon Stewart should be the starting quarterback. From the things I hear, I didn't see everything. For the things I heard, from the things I seen, and you know what? I think it might have been a bit skewed, right? Who knows? But overall, because what I the person I heard this information and got the videos from also was a fan of Stewart, as far as just felt like they should probably be the he should probably be the starter. But the offense is so drastically different; it's more condensed. And when I say condensed, I mean horizontally, not vertically. Not they're only running five yard passes, ten yard passes. I mean just horizontally i'm hearing that the offense is scrunched in with davis it's spread out with stewart i like that kind of offense i would prefer that kind of offense and that's why i'd go with damon stewart and i seen he threw a beautiful touchdown it was it was honestly an amazing throw and he had a good day in that scrimmage but overall who's going to be the guy it's going to be D. Davis. It's going to be Stewart. They were 11th in total yards and scoring last year. You have to be better. And when we talk about the offense improving, yes, offense was much better passing as far as rankings go than running the ball. I get it. But I'm putting a lot of things on the quarterback still because you are the leader of the offense. It is your responsibility. And that's the person we're going to point to nine times out of 10. And this isn't time number 10, especially when there's a quarterback battle going on. But speaking of quarterback battles, it's not just Alabama State. It's not. There's a couple of teams that are going through quarterback battles, and I want to break down some of these battles, the importance of these battles, as we continue with Locked On HBCU. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel, and if you put some money down on Sha'Carri Richardson, you made yourself some money because – I don't know if you were able to see that race. If you weren't after this goes off, please type in Sha'Carri Richardson's name into YouTube and watch that race. What a moment. What a what a rundown. What emotion. That was phenomenal. This isn't a podcast about it, but I'm just telling you, you could have made yourself a little bit of money. But switch over to football because the NFL is here. And what FanDuel is doing, I love it. Because whoever you pick to be the preseason Super Bowl champion, every single time that they win throughout the season, doesn't matter if it's one point, doesn't matter if it's 23. Anytime that they win, you get bonus bets back. So you get rewarded for picking a successful team. Even if they're just successful every now and then, or if they're successful all the time, you're getting your bonus bets. So go to FanDuel.com slash locked on. Don't miss another chance to make some money in track and field. And also don't miss some money in NFL season. As we're wrapping up today's episode of Locked on HBCU, I appreciate you for making this your first listen of the day every day, making it all the way to segment three, and I thank you two times for that. Thank you. Thank you. This is our SWAC preview show, and I'm really I'm really excited for this football season, man. This feels different. This feels really different. And you know what? I need some answers to these quarterback battles, and I need to know how these answers are going to impact the team. That's not quite so a question. I guess I need to know is a question. And I have five here, right? Alabama State, Southern, Grambling, Alabama A&M, Jackson State. I'll probably say one, two, and five are the ones I'm looking to the most. 
So Alabama State, we just broke down the importance of D. Davis versus Damon Stewart. I even kind of gave who I would want just strictly based off the style of offense that I prefer. I'm not in there watching Stewart versus Davis on a daily basis. Um, I'm not. But I do know they're going to lean into the run game, which also needs to be better. And I heard that it is. I heard that it is a better running attack in 2023. But Southern is interesting. It's fascinating because you have Harold Blood, who was basically announced as the starter. And he's the key to, to Southern going far. If Harold Blood is really good, if he can sling it around at the clip rate that Eric Dooley expects him to be able to, I never counted them out. I, you know, I had all corn to Texas Southern, but boy, Southern is going to give some people some fits. They are because they have a fantastic running back room, fantastic running back room, really good secondary. If that quarterback can sling it, because we're not just talking about being a good quarterback and running around like. You have the ability to run at the quarterback position last year. But if Harold Blood can come out there and really air that thing out, he can really sling the rock. That's going to be a tough team to beat. I'm telling you, I'm telling you, Gary Coros just got added to that running back room. That's going to be a difficult team to beat. A really good Harold Blood makes it even more likely that you're not only able to make it to the SWAG championship, but make it to your first celebration bowl and get your first conference championship. In what nearly a decade, if not more, right? And this is not me trying to straddle the fence. I still have Alcorn and Texas Southern. I'm just saying that's how important Harold Blood and the answer to that quarterback battle is for the Jaguars. And you have Jackson State. I think I, I don't I don't feel like I need to beat a dead horse. Hey, we're gonna have an episode all about Jackson State and trust and believe we'll mention their quarterbacks on Friday. It's game of the week. In case you're not familiar, in case you're a new everydayer, every Friday we are going to have a game of the week in which we break down three matchups, two storylines, and a key to victory for each team. I, I can tell you right now, oop, spoiler, Jackson State's quarterback situation will be a storyline on that day. And if it's not a storyline, it'll be a matchup. And that just means that I had too many storylines. Like, like this is going to be a talk about, so I'm not going to, go crazy on the point right now but alabama state southern grambling alabama a&m jackson state i really want to see like what's you gonna do miles crawley coming over from alabama state to grambling is something that's fascinating and if he wins the job i have to see if grambling and alabama state play this year because i'm not sure they're not not in the same division so i would have to look but that would instantly become a must watch game and then we're talking about quarterbacks let's go ahead and end it that way Will Andrew Body make the ascension? That's the question. He's not in a quarterback battle. Nobody's questioning his job. I don't even think people are questioning his talent. If you would have sat me down in 2022, around this time in 2022, and told me that going into the 2023 season, Andrew Body was going to be the second team all swipe preseason quarterback, I'd, I'd be like, yeah, that sounds right. He's behind Shador, but Shador's not here. There's no way I could have predicted the change at Jackson State. But I would have said, okay, Shador is going to be the first team guy yet again. Makes the most sense. I understand it. I'm with it. But with Sanders leaving, I do believe that it exposes something. Last season, we were saying, not even, I don't even want to say we, very few, and I mean very few people were saying that hey, Andrew Body could push to be the best quarterback. That was supposed to be the narrative this year on steroids. But with Shador leaving, 
He's supposed to be where Jeremy Moose is. No disrespect to Moose. I like Moose. But if you sat me down in 2022, Andrew Body was supposed to be the second team all-swag quarterback last year. If Shador Sanders was going to leave, Andrew Body was supposed to be the first team preseason all-swag quarterback. Andrew Body was supposed to be the swag preseason player of the year. And I think that now the question is, will he make that ascension? That was his first year fully starting last year. But he, he got the bumps underneath him. He was able to, to weather the storm. And you know what? If he doesn't get hurt, we're looking at Texas Southern as the Swag West champions last year. I was told to stop the homerism. I'm sorry. I'm not going to. These are facts. I do not believe that Alabama A&M comes back on Texas Southern if they have competent quarterback play at the moment. I don't even think they would have had enough time for it. Right? But whatever. It didn't happen. It didn't happen. The question is, does he hit that ascension that many of us projected for him in 2022? Does he do that in 2023? If we don't walk away from this season saying, hey, Andrew Body could be one of the best quarter, or not could be one of, Andrew Body might be the best quarterback in the swag. If we don't walk away from here saying that and Jeremy Musa didn't just have a ballistic season, something is wrong. This is the Andrew Body year where he is supposed to be everything we know he can be. And to me, everything he can be, you have to have a conversation. I'm not saying it has to be it, but I will reiterate. The question is, will Andrew Body ascend? And the answer can be found at the end of the year when are we having the conversation of Andrew Body possibly being the best quarterback in the SWAC? If we are not, Texas Southern probably isn't making it to a Celebration Bowl or a SWAC championship. But if we are, both of those things are firmly on the table. And I appreciate you for making this your first listen of the day every day. Our SWAC and MEAC show previews or preview shows have wrapped up. They have concluded. I promise you we will get into some North Carolina A&T, some Tennessee State, some Hampton. Like We will get into these squads as the year goes on and probably even next week a little bit. So, they're not going to get a full breakdown show because we did like five, six schools each time. Those are three schools. They might get one. They might get an independence. I might do an independent preview. That's not too bad, right? So, but on tomorrow's episode, that's not what we're doing. On tomorrow's episode, we're going to have our guy, HBCU Knightley, Joshua Sims Sr., coming on here to talk about the reigning, defending HBCU champions. I can't wait for that, and I hope that you are here to listen to it as well. But in the meantime, in between time, if you're looking for me, you can find me on Twitter at South Exclusives. Until the next time that we hear each other, family, take care, stay blessed. Peace.